Hello and welcome to the Me and My Golf podcast. We're your hosts and PGA golf coaches, Piers Ward and Andy Proudman. Each week we're going to share with you our 20 plus years of coaching experience to bring you top tips, the latest information and trends, along with some of the world's best in the golf industry to help you play the best golf of your life. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it and help you take charge of your game. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode and we have another special guest with us today. We have six-time European Tour winner Simon Dyson. Now, Simon came down to the Asprey to do some filming with us and we filmed some tips that really, he felt, helped him win on the European Tour. So we decided to have a good sit-down with him and it was a real in-depth podcast with Simon a fantastic guy, but he talks a lot about what it takes to actually win on tour, some of the traits that you need on tour, but also he talks very much about the environment that you surround yourself with, how important that is, the people that you, your support group, if you like, and uh, and how important it is to con- continuously up your game and learn from people who are better than you as well. So I think you're going to like this one, and Simon's sort of moving into the coaching side of things now. So he's making that transition, but uh, hopefully you enjoy. There's going to be lots of value in this from you. Let's take charge of your game. Simon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's uh, great to have you on the show. We've just been on the course and, and filmed some videos, actually, one for YouTube and one for the website. Um, how's that, how was that for you, actually? How was that experience for you, just? Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I, um, you know, I've watched you guys for quite some time now as well, so I always wanted to come and do it with you. So, and, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I like kind of passing on the experiences that I've had over the last 19, 20 years working with, for me, one of the best coaches in the world. So it's uh, it's nice to be able to pass it on. And it's, I suppose, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry Pierce, and I suppose it's, it fits nicely with the sort of transition that you've made in terms of your career from being on tour and then to moving into the coaching, which you, which you are now. Can you which we'll talk about, by the way, but can you sort of take us back a little bit to almost the beginning, how you got into the golf? Give us a brief sort of history of, of the journey to getting on tour and sort of how it started for you. Yeah, it was, I'll be honest, it wasn't, you know, as straightforward, straight up the, up the hill like people maybe think it would be. It was um, played, obviously, for my um, county, got picked for Yorkshire Boys. I mean, but even before that, it was just... I just used to enjoy playing and used to play with my brother. We played at a course called Moulton Norton. Used to play 54 over there, seven days a week in the summer <laughs> holidays. Yeah. Which I just loved playing. And, you know, my parents were happy. They knew where we were. Um, and then all of a sudden started getting better. So started taking it that little bit more seriously. And then, you know, got picked for playing for York Union and then got picked for Yorkshire Boys. And then just kind of worked up from there. Um, but until until I got picked for England, really, um, it wasn't it wasn't then until I started thinking I could really make a living out of this. Yeah, I could hopefully go and do earn some money through this one day and get on tour. And how old were you then? I was probably probably 17, 18. Okay. Yeah. But again, you know, you need a bit of fortune. And I remember playing in the English amateur at Hoylake, and there was first round kid had a three or four footer to knock me out first round and he missed it beat him got through got through got to the semis and then all of a sudden that's how I got noticed by England okay and then they sent me to the Greek amateur the week later uh, I finished second behind a well-known Swede called Henrik Stenson 
Um, and again, so I performed well again. Then they sent me to the Spanish Open, so, sorry, Spanish Amateur. I finished second again there. You know, so all of a sudden, from not being known by England, I was getting noticed. And then I got my first international cap, yeah. which was amazing. And then, you know, once you get your foot in the door, you've just got to keep trying to win. And I managed to do that. I was, I was unbeaten for my, for my country. Brilliant. And then I played GB and I, and, and then um, managed to make the Walker Cup as well. So at 16 years old, were you thinking about, look, I'm, I'm good at this, I want to be on tour, and this is exactly what I, what I want to do? Or you said just that you sort of, once you sort of got noticed in England, that was when it was like, actually, I can make a career out of this. Were you not thinking that before, or was it a later thing? I always wanted to, Yeah. but there's wanting to and then realising that you can't. Okay. And I think it was when I started playing for England, that's when I started thinking, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I was playing with Luke Donald, Paul Casey, people like that, and going toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. Um, and then all of a sudden you're in a team with them, and you're playing a lot of practice rounds with them, and you, someone like Luke, I mean, you pick so much off, up off him just by watching him. Mm. He's, he's great yeah. to watch. And Was he the one who, who you really thought was the one who was going to be the, the best out for of me, you? For me, it was Luke Donald, yeah, yeah. always. And, you know, people might say, oh, but did you know? I mean, we did, really. Mm. And uh, and it, pro it was proven, he, you know, he got to world number one. What stood out for you with him? What was the, what was the, the standout feature he had in his game? Consistency and attitude were okay. the two things. Mm. Just never hit a bad shot. I once remember him playing a tournament somewhere and it was he started on a par three and you couldn't miss the green right and he missed it right and it went right down and he didn't get on, didn't get on the green with his chip, then knocked it on, made double bogey and I'm thinking well if Luke can do that you know people are going to hit bad shots and I looked at his score and he shot something like 65 or 66 <laughs> starting with a double I was just like wow you know, like back in the day, yeah. I'd start with a double, my head would be all over the place. You'd be like, oh, and he just seemed to brush it to one side and just got on with it. Brilliant. And that's what I, that's what I, I thought the most of Luke and, you know, respected the most about him. It's interesting the environment you're in, though, with these golfers that they're almost maybe, and we don't know what they're thinking, obviously, but maybe if they were at a higher level of confidence about their game and what they were going to do, Maybe what they were doing for you was you were kind of they were pulling you along for the ride almost for, for a period of time, and then suddenly it's like, oh, okay, I realise that absolutely I deserve I, to be here. Yeah, and I do think if you surround yourself with maybe not better but successful players who've been there and done it, it's one thing I always used to ask Darren Clark and Lee Westwood to play practice rounds because I've just thought I'm here to learn. Mm. I'm still new at this. And I was with Chubby Chandler, and he always said, just ring them, they'd be so more than happy. You feel yeah, the first few course, years yeah, out, yeah. you're like, well, why would he want to play a practice round with me? And, you know, I played a lot with Darren, to be fair, and he, 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 I, I learned a lot from him. And I think, same with England, you go, you just oh, make... Excuse the noise, sorry, the red arrows oh, I was flying over in formation. <laughs> Look at this. That's really cool. That is fantastic. I'm not going to hear anything in a bit. We always treat our guests well, Simon, yeah, that's yeah, what it is. No, you're, <laughs> you're in the flyover. Fly Amazing. by. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. You've even written your name in the sky as well. Look yeah. over there. What's that last word? Oh, no, we can't yeah, say that. You don't want to say that. <laughs> Love that out. So, but yeah, I think surrounding yourself with, with players who are going to take you up to their level 
I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer of that. I think that's a great point. I mean, for any of the younger guys, even some of the older guys, if any younger guys who want to get better, they need to go and seek that out. And that's something that you, you did. You went and called those guys and say, I want to play with you practice round. So the guys who want to be better and advance their, their golf, they've got to go and be cheeky and just be, be brave enough to go, well, I'm going to just go and ask and approach some guys I want to play with and try and put themselves in a situation where they can only learn. Absolutely. And do you know what? At the end of the day, they're only human beings that, uh, who play golf. You know, so I remember one of my mates, uh, I can't, oh, who was it, who literally asked Tiger Woods for a practice round. And he said, yeah, no problem. And he went and played with him. And I was like, how did you ask him? <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I really do. I really do think that. I mean, if you want to be the best, you've got to learn from the best. Yeah. yeah. And you, you surround yourself and play practice rounds with guys that you're just going to learn from. I think it's a big part of it, especially mm. on your, in your early days. So you obviously then, Walker Cup was obviously the next thing for you then, as you said, playing with these guys. What was that experience like? Amazing, absolutely amazing. And it's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. You know, we had a, we had a brilliant team. Yeah, brilliant really team. Good team, wasn't it? I mean, at one point, literally everybody from our team had either a US PGA Tour card or a European Tour card. Wow. All ten of us. Um, they had a good side. We had a better side. Just name some yeah. of the players for me in that. Uh, there was obviously Luke Donald, mm -hmm. um, Graham Storm, yeah. Paul Casey, uh, Paddy Gribben. He had a car. He was on tour for a bit. Graham Rankin, Lon Kelly, yeah. fantastic golfer, yeah, yeah. Lon. Um, Philip Rowe, again, great player. Um, so it's a good team, isn't it? It, it's, 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 it's it was a, very, a really, very, really very strong team. side. And we played up at Nairn, and they literally, I mean, we um, we blew them away, really. Yeah. We just had, had, that, had that upper hand, and we knew yeah. we did. And what did that experience do for you? Did it, did it change you again? Yes and no. It kind of did because Walker Cup was always my goal. But then it didn't as in I'd kind of been preparing myself for two years mm. for that goal. And then, but then after that, that was the bit that I was like, right, what do I do now? And I, I tried to go on European, tried to go to school, missed out second stage. And I was like, right, um, what's my options now? And that's when one of the most influential people in my golfing career and in, in my life um, took charge. I was quite happy to, you know, I'll just play in England, play a few pro events. And it was Pete Cowan was like, no, he went, you need really good competitive golf. And he, uh, he said, I've got you a sponsor. He said, and we're going to send you to Asia wow. for the Asian Tour School. And I was like, 20, 21 yeah. year old lad flying halfway around the world. Scary. Really scary. Yeah. But it was it was the the best thing I, I could have ever done. Yeah. But on, and it was all thanks to Pete Cowan. Brilliant. So it's just giving you that sort of nudge in the right direction in terms of throwing you into a, a an uncomfortable situation where you were going to sort of learn the ropes of playing on tour, I suppose. Which you had a successful Absolutely. tour, didn't you there? Yeah. I, I think it's guidance. Yeah. You know, I needed that guidance and he was the one who he knew I was ready. I still, part of me still didn't think I was ready. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just learn my trade in England for a bit, 
and he was he said I knew you already he said like we used to have coaching sessions with groups of us and he'd set a challenge and he was like you were always the first one to go give me a go I'll have a go at that yeah. mm. and he went I just knew you already so I went out there there was nine of us went to a place called Johor Bahru out in uh, Malaysia flew to Singapore taxi over the water so nine of us all hired a house <laughs> and we all had to go first stage so there was 200 100 stage uh, course A, 100 course B, 15 from each. Okay. And I was the only one out of all nine of us to get really, through. Yeah. Wow. So all of a sudden you've had 10 days with these lads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they do one. Yeah. And you're there on your own. Yeah. It's, it's like, like X Factor, right. like isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you've just got to grow up very quickly. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, it's not, a, it's make or break, really, but I suppose. It sounds harsh, but if you do break, then it kind of at least it lets you know a little bit about yourself, and then you make yeah. a decision based on that whether you think you gave it your all. And if you didn't yeah. give it your all, you can do it again. But if you gave it all and you broke, then maybe it isn't the right thing for you. But in in your instance, you were you did make that transition. Obviously, you had some time on the Asian tour, and then you went to European tour. So what was the, what, what was the point when you said I'm going to European tour and I'm going to play more golf there? It was when I'd been doing all right in Asia. I'd won I'd won twice quite early as well. I won Macau and I won Volvo China Open back to back, back to back weeks. And then I, I had a few good results, but then the top three by September the 5th, I think it was, the top three on the order of merit automatically got final stage at Tove School. And that was when I was like, right, you know, I've, I've learned so much in Asia. I and I'd, Chubby had got me a few invites on the uh, European tour as well. A couple in Ireland, British Masters, Sweden, things like that. And I'd made, I think I missed one cut out of six. So I was like, well, at least I know I can do it in Europe as well. So I went to Asia, I went to European Tour School and I think I had to hold about a 15 footer at the last to get 30 second card. Okay. And I hold it. <laughs> and and that was it. I got my card, went back to Asia, finished off in Asia. Um, my last three tournaments, I finished 10th, third and win to win the Order of Merit as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. So it was. It just capped off a fantastic year 2000 for me, really. Yeah, that's a nice, nice year 2000 yeah. for you. Yeah, it really was. I learned so much. It's, and people often say, would you recommend young pros doing that? And I was 100%. Yeah. I learned so much out there and it, it gave me the, the, um, the footing for the years to come. I suppose yeah. being out there on your own as well was a big thing, wasn't it? Just being out there fending for yourself, learning the ropes, that was a big thing as well, really. Massive. I mean, I rem I'll never forget my mum's best friend saw me in December and she couldn't believe the difference. She literally said, you left a boy and you came home a man. Yeah. She went, you're a different person. Brilliant. And you do, you have to grow up very fast and you've yeah. got to learn the ropes really fast. Yeah. And uh, I th But I think, best thing I've ever done. And when, when you're on the European tour, so you got, your card on 2000, and, sorry, your 2000. So I got, my, I got my card in 2000 to play in 2001. 2001. Yeah. And when when did you get your first win? How long Wasn't did it take you? Until 06. 06? Yeah. yeah. So I had a good few years. But it was funny because I went to Asia not really knowing what to expect, but I knew what to expect. And I think with me having success so early in Asia, I almost expected it in Europe. Yeah. And how did that affect you? Did it affect you? It did. It took... And again, it took me a while 
to give myself a kick up the arse really yeah i thought it'd all happen and then it didn't and then the following year i thought it'd happen again and it didn't and then i thought it'd happen again and it didn't and then i remember in 2005 one of my best pals nick doherty won in singapore and had an unbelievable year and that was he he did me a favor there because yeah. that was what gave me a, a major boost because i thought well what's he done so yeah. i sat with him and i just said what have you changed and he told me everything that had changed in his life i thought right i need to do that yeah and i did and i came out the following year flying brilliant yeah and uh, yeah i won twice won twice in 2006 yeah and then that was it fantastic so i mean just just keeping the card on the european tour is good isn't it you know that that's, that's hard enough it is, as it is but actually winning an event especially now as well it's super competitive out there yeah what do you believe that it that what traits do you believe that it that it takes you're you're talking now and i can sort of hear some of the things the traits that you've got but what do you believe that that, that you need to be a winner on the european tour because the big difference with someone who's competing and someone who can win especially multiple times yeah the one for me that stands out the most i look back at my wins and There was three things, I think. My attitude was unbelievable throughout the week. You know, like, just nothing seemed to bother me. Yet you get, we were talking before, you can have things happen off the course, on the course, that really affect you. The, the sooner you can kind of get over them, the better. And I, I, I kind of put it down to playing with Ernie Els when I was in Australia once. And I played a tournament, um, the Heineken, and I just watched him play. And it was unbelievable to watch how he'd make the silliest little mistake, but then birdie the next hole. And he did it two or three times in the, th in the two days I played with him. And I just thought, that's what I need to learn. I need to learn how to do that. Yeah. So I started, that was what I started trying to do. When I made a bogey, right, almost tried extra hard to make birdie at the next. It's amazing when you start getting into a habit of doing that yeah. just starts to happen and i think that was the attitude i used to get i used to be quite hot-headed quite quite a bad temper and it used to affect me and you just think of all the energy you're wasting yeah, by yeah, doing course, that yeah. as well yeah um so i changed a few things attitude was one acceptance was another and then just self-belief i started to believe that i was good enough that i could win because i started giving myself more chance and my so my first win was in indonesia on the european tour obviously it's in asia but it was classed as asian tour uh, european tour event um i just played some really good golf there but then my second win was the first of my klms and I've, i'm not known i'm not normally like this but we got on the 10th tee and i looked at the leaderboard on the 10th tee and i looked at my caddy and it's the first time I've genuinely believed it. And I said to him, there's only one winner here, isn't there? It's like a Matrix moment, yeah. isn't it? It really to believe. was, but I just thought <laughs> the way I was playing, the way I was playing, I just believed that I was going to win it. Yeah. Because I looked at the leaderboard and I thought, they'll all be looking at me. Mm. They'll all be looking and thinking, oh, Dice has been playing well. He's, he'll, he's got... And I genuinely believed it. And yeah. I, I shot four under the back nine and won it. Brilliant. Won it in a playoff with Richard Green. Yeah, it's interesting you you're talking about self belief, and it's not as simple as just saying I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, you've got to back it up with something. Absolutely. And as you say, the hard work, the graft that you were putting in, 
and obviously getting involved in, in competing you know, in, um, at, the, at the top level. But you, you know you, you can't just tell yourself you have to have that backup. You which do. Is that, that I, I've worked really hard for yeah. this and it's going to now allow me to, to convert. And even if you see someone not working as hard as you, that must have been a positive thing as well for yeah, you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, again, I put it down to Nick Doherty, you know, yeah. when, I, when I had a chat with him. It was, it was the, it, that was the biggest turning point for me in my career. Um, and it's not, it's not arrogance. It, self-belief is something Sorry. you feel. Yeah, yeah. Arrogance is something you show for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just genuinely believe that, because I'd, I'd won in the, previously in the year, so, and it's addictive. Mm. You know, you win, you want to win again. And then you win again, you want to win again. It really is. I'd, I'd hated to have only won once, to have yeah. tasted it once, um, because it's it is the best feeling in the world. All that work, yeah. all that hard work you put in, all them hours, all the sacrifice. You leave your family at home, you leave yeah. your girlfriend, wife to go and play. You miss six cuts in a row, but you still put your time and dedication in. And then to be stood there at the end holding that trophy is just. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> 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 it's just the nicest feeling ever. Yeah. And I think it uh, sort of brings us on to another good subject, really. And we mentioned it earlier. Golf is a golf is a very selfish sport because it's just you. It's on your own. The focus for the for the golfer is just is very self-consuming. Um, but it needs to be because you need to be so focused on what you're doing that nothing else can sort of. You sometimes can't let anything else in. How did you manage to sort of juggle that and get the balance between being selfish? for the right reasons and then maybe off the course sort of still being able to actually you know allow, allow other people and give people other t time as well i think with that is for me you've got to surround yourself with a good team as well a good got to get your circle of all the people that want to help you and if you do it right you know if you get the right people they'll tell you when you're when you're out of order they'll yeah. tell you when you're you know right this is family time now. Yeah. Get out of your selfish mode that you're in. But then they'll also say, right, you need to get your head down now. Go off. Go and do it. Get in your, get in your bubble. Because it is like a bubble. You know, you, you have to be really selfish. You've got to do what you truly believe it takes to be the best. Yeah. Or the best that you can be. You have to do it. And if, if that's what you want to do, and somebody doesn't get that, then they're not right for you. Yeah. You need to replace them with somebody that yeah. is right for you and yeah. does get it. So an understanding wife, basically. Very much <laughs> so, and I've, got, I've definitely got one of them. <laughs> you found one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is interesting you say about it, it, it's a, a, the strong will. That is, that's, that's hard to come by. I mean, that, but that's something that you get, you feel that you're born with or whether you nurture it through family and environment when you're younger. But having that strong will to say no I'm not going to, you know, accept this part of, you know, or this person in your life. That's really hard to do. I mean, so have you, have you had a specific moment when you've had to actually say to someone, or you know, phase someone out of your of your circle or your life? Has that happened? Not really. No. That's quite not fortunate. Really. I'm very fortunate. I mean, I've got a fantastic family. I had Pete Cowan. I had Chubby Chandler. You know, these guys kind of know. They've spent the life making sure that their players have the right type of team around yeah, of course. 
And do you know what? There's there's been ex-girlfriends and things, and you just know, and it's like right, that isn't working, you know, because I need to do, I need to focus more on this, and she wants me spending more time there. Yeah. You know, my brother plays. He's he gets it. He carried for me for a few years, um, and you, I, I've been fortunate. My family just wanted me to do well with yeah. a big sporting background. My uncle was a professional footballer for Spurs. So they get the sportsman's mentality. Yeah. And like I say, Pete and Chubby um, had a good caddy who, you know, wanted nothing but the best for me. That's good. So I was, yeah, I was I was very fortunate to find them so early on. Yeah. We'll come to Pete in a moment, but it's, it's interesting, obviously, the, these wins and something like the KLM, but I think this is something that for anyone listening or watching this, they will have been in a position where they've got a good round going and they've had to close it out. How would you, when you've, whether it's the KLM or whether it was the, the, the Dunhill, whichever tournament, how do you close out that tournament? But even a round, how do you close out a round when you're playing well? Did you have anything in particular that you, can, you would focus on? For me, it was literally focusing one shot at a time. My mind used to really wander forward and I'd think, say like the Dunhill in previous years might be leading by two all I'd be thinking about was that 17th tee shot I'm like that is a tough tee shot and you're on the 14th okay. 14th yeah. is a tough hole yeah yeah, yeah. 15th <laughs> a good hole 16th is a good yeah, hole yeah. they're all you're all capable of birdieing them but you're easy capable of doubling them all yeah, as yeah. well so I ended up trying to just focus on the the shot yeah and trying that's where I always felt like a caddy was really a good caddy was important you know, you'd you'd be talking to them, so your mind would be yeah. wandering. Uh, whereas you'd you'd talk to them and try not to think too far ahead, mm. keep you in the now. And I think that's where a good caddy is what they're good at. Yeah. So I suppose any anyone who's again who's been in this situation where they haven't got the caddy, it's about your inner caddy, isn't it? It's about you know telling yeah. yourself the right things, and I suppose alluding to like the pre-shot routine, so you understand that my job is to hit the good shot here now, so that's where the routine comes into it, as opposed Absolutely. to taking your 7 iron out your bag on the 14th fairway and going, God, that tee shot on 17 is going to be hard. And that's, exactly. We see it happen all the time, don't we? Yeah, and just all even even maybe just having a chat with your friends in between shots, you yeah. know what it's like when you can be out there on the golf course and you maybe have a, a round going together, the head drops and you start thinking ahead, whereas if you say, well, actually, I'm going to... I'm going to start having a chat with my friends and take my mind off it. All of a sudden, they might ask you a question, which is then you've got to think about something which is totally irrelevant to what you're doing. I mean, that's huge. I used to love my friends and family coming walking around because I'd always be by the uh, side of the ropes talking to them, no matter where it was. And I could always, even if there was a big crowd following us, uh, I could always pick them out and I was always like chatting to them. And the one time, I remember playing the uh, Volvo China Open again and I was six clear going into the last round and I had nobody. Yeah. And I, w I started terrible on the last day and it just felt the loneliest place in the world. Mm. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, right, you know, I was six clear at the beginning of the day. I was one behind after nine holes. And I'm like, oh God, you know, I need to, you know, I need to get back together. My caddy was a <laughs> Chinese woman didn't speak a word of English <laughs> so it was literally I was there on my own and I didn't know how to handle it but it kind of made me stronger for the yeah, yeah. for the following years yeah but um, yeah I think a good relationship with the caddy where you can talk to them get away from the golf when in between shots but then when you need to reset focus 
uh, I think it's quite important, that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, like listening to you speak, you, 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 you've talked a lot about other people. So, you know, people like Nick Doherty and, and all these other friends and Chubby Chandler and these guys who influenced you. Pete Cowan, obviously, has been a big influence in your life. How important has he been and how important do you think it is for the, for the listeners and viewers for them to have a coach? I think it's huge. I mean, take away my mum and dad, uh, Pete Cowan has been the most influential person in my golfing career and in my life. And I'm sure that the players that he coaches now, uh, sorry, the players that he coaches would say the same as well. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I was without him. I really wouldn't. I honestly believe he had my best interest at heart. He knew from when I was 14, I remember my dad ringing him up when I started with him and we went over to Lindrit for a lesson. And then obviously I left school at 16 and my dad was like, am I wasting my money? You know, <laughs> sending him to these tournaments because I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. I remember him ringing him up and Pete Cowan just said, John, 100% trust me, you are not wasting your money. This lad will make it at some point. Brilliant. And my dad was like, right, that's the un that's all the reassurance I need. And, you know, just, it, it might have been a different story if he'd gone, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, he needs to sort his attitude out a bit. But yeah, Pete's most, he's like, he was, he was a father figure to me as yeah. well. I saw more, more of Pete than I did any one single member of my family. Yeah. And he never guided me in the wrong direction. Mm. He'd tell me if I was doing something wrong, he'd tell me to stop doing something if I was doing it too much or if I was, yeah. you know, and he just guided me along until. Did you ever disagree? Did you ever, I mean, obviously you, you're spending a lot of time together and he's obviously advising you on what you need to do in your game, not just technique, but in your game. And if it goes wrong for you, you know, then the question may come back at him on, you know, is this right? And did that ever happen? I'll be honest, never, never. I it's never the ideal student sitting <laughs> here. But I never disagreed with him because I had so much respect for him and I knew what he was teaching me was for, for me. It was yes. to better me. Of course. You know, I'd seen players who he teaches kind of having a go at him about certain shots. But I'm thinking, you're hitting them shots because <laughs> you haven't got it up there, not because your swings, you know, fall into yeah, bits. Of course, yeah. It was fine for 71 holes and then you hit one bad shot on 18. Yeah. That's not the swing coach's fault. No, not yeah. at all. You know, so I truly believed he was teaching me the, um, the right things to get me the best that I could be. And, I and, and, I, and I never doubted him. It's interesting you say that about players, not, not just with Pete, but maybe other coaches as well. They hit that bad shot, and then it's suddenly in some players' minds, it is the coach's fault. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's like, and that, that that doesn't seem fair at all, does it? I'm no. sure you've seen you've seen plenty of that. I've seen plenty of that. <laughs> some very very fiery characters on tour, like speaking to Pete, not very nice. Yeah. And I'm sat there and I'm thinking, well, why are they speaking to you like that? Yeah. You know, they shouldn't be speaking. You're you 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 just hit it. Yeah, you've hit it, yeah. you know, and, and your swing was fine for the other 17 yeah, holes yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the round. Yeah. You know, so what what was your thought process hitting that shot? Because mm. maybe you should start having a chat with your psychologist. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Maybe I give him the brief <laughs> that you give him Pete, you know, so. I think that comes as well with just accepting responsibility that's you, isn't it? You know, it's, it's the ownership is all on you. When you're on the golf course, 
No one's going to do it for you. It's your responsibility. And if you execute it in a, in a poor way, well, the, if you can look to yourself, then you're more likely to go, okay, how can I change this? Absolutely. Whereas if you're saying, well, Pete, what, what, was, what was going on there? <laughs> well, actually, that you're not accepting responsibility for yourself. It's like, you can start to put, and again, for, for the guys listening to this, it's like, the moment you expect, accept the responsibility is the moment that you go, what can I do to get better? Yeah. And then you're going to change it. Yeah, I mean, I never once hit a bad shot and thought, why is Pete giving me that drill? Because I, I feel like I'm going to hit that yeah, shot yeah. a lot. I never thought that. Oh, he was never the first person that I thought of to blame. It was always the caddy. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, as soon as you accept responsibility, I agree. Yeah, you, that's the only way you learn, by making mistakes. Yeah, and so it, obviously with with Pete being such a, a great coach, we all know that. You're now moving into this uh, into this part of golf coaching. Has he helped you already on, number one, has he given, given you advice, but number two, has the way that he coached you sort of set a framework for you on how you would coach people? Yeah, the advice, we've spoken a few times and, you know, he just, just tries to keep it simple, you know, mm. do what you believe and, you know, the stuff that he's taught me in the past. I mean, he's literally taught me so many drills and so many things for literally every single type of shot. The thing with Pete is that I love is he's got, if he's trying to get me to hit a certain shot, he'll say, right, so for this, for the ball to come out, I want you to do this. So I'll do it and he'll go, no, no, that's, that's not what I want. So you clearly don't get that, try this way. It's all, it's three different explanations yes. for the same shot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. And I, there was a chip that I just couldn't get. It was rough in America. And he's saying, you need to, you need to take the club a bit more, a bit further out and then just drop it. So I did it and it didn't come out. And then he gave me another way to do it. Did it, didn't come out. And then he went, right, try this. And it came out perfect and he went, that's it. I went, but is that a different shot to the first one? He went, no, it's exactly the same. Yeah. But I've just explained it a little bit differently yeah. that, that you get. And that's the toolbox you need as a communicator, and, oh, isn't it? That's, that's what we are. That's what I was blown away by. I was like, he's got so many different ways of it in just the same shot. Yeah, yeah. I was blown away by it. So if I could be a fifth as good a coach as he is, I'll be, I'll be very happy. Yeah, he's done pretty well, hasn't he? Yeah. So what would you say that, um, that motivates you? So to, to get where you've got to and had the career that you have, you need to be highly motivated to continue to put in the work and the hours and the sacrifices. Where does that come from for you? Where do you think that that motivation is? And, and you know, why, why do you do it? I mean, when I started, it was really for the love of the game. I literally loved playing golf. Like I said, I played 54 holes a day, seven days a week. I was... I missed golf when I wasn't playing it. Um, and then when you get on tour, I think the motivation came from just doing well, just really performing well. Yeah. There's nothing nicer than standing on a tee and feeling like your swing's in the position you want to and you just nail it straight down the middle. It's such a nice feeling. So the more you got doing that, the, obviously the better you're going to start playing and the, the results are going to come. But then from that first win, like I said, you know, to win once is great, but you really, you want it again. Yeah. And then you want it again. And then you start winning a bit better tournaments. So I won like Macau, 
and then so in Asia I won Macau then I won Volvo China and then I won Hong Kong so they were all better each each yeah, step up yeah. and then obviously I won my first European then I won KLM so the KLM was a step up from Indonesia and then I won KLM again but then I won the Dunhill so it was like another yeah. step up and then my last win was the um, was KLM but the one before that was the Irish so um, the Dunhill and the Irish were the two as much as I love the big KLM, ones. obviously, they were the two big ones. They were the ones where I thought, flipping out. I used to watch them and think, God, I'd love to play in them. And then one day I'm holding the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> and again, Doherty had won the Dunhill. Yeah. And I just remember speaking to him about walking down the 18th. And he was like, best moment of my life. Yeah. yeah. Walking down 18, knowing I've won the tournament. Mm. I was like, God, I want to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I managed to get that opportunity. So that, and a I bit did. of motivation from him as well, really. Seeing him win, yeah. he's like, well, actually, if, if he's a good friend of mine, he's doing it. Well, I want some of that. And that maybe gives you a bit more belief in that. And I it, think it that's what you should do. You should never be jealous. Never be jealous of one of your friends being successful. And I never was. Never in a million years. Rocky winning Abu Dhabi, JD winning Abu Dhabi, winning Ireland. He won it the year after I won it. I was more happy for him than, yeah. you know than anybody uh, and with Doe winning Dunhill I was like what a great tournament to win but it had the better effect on me because it, it motivated me more yeah. and, and I managed to get my hands on that trophy and it's one of the best feelings walking down the 18 three shot lead yeah. I could enjoy it I mean yeah, my yeah. caddy was in tears <laughs> so I knew what it meant to him yeah, he brilliant. was in tears walking down 18 Amazing. I suppose the good thing is though that you knowing these players and the fact that they have actually achieved something but you knowing them as well as opposed to just seeing them on the range and maybe playing tournaments with them because you know these guys and you've got relationships with these guys and you can see that they're doing it it's like all right okay so now there's a possibility that I can do this because they're just the same as me I work Absolutely. as hard as Absolutely and I think that is if I'm going to be honest that's probably the one thing missing in today's game on the European tour on the US tour a lot of guys still hang out, but I mean, when I was on tour, I was hanging out with my my mates, yeah. literally my mates, and we'd we'd have a week off, we'd spend the week together, you know. So whereas now, I'm not saying they're not friends, but it's a very individual sport all of mm. a sudden, and they've got the team, and that's it. That's kind of their bubble. And Do you see that? Do you see that? I I, I feel like it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You see these. You s if they if they saw kind of what we did, mm -hmm. how we used to go out. I mean, we'd have, you know, you'd go out and have a few drinks one night, and you'd go to a bar, and there'd be six or seven of you, and you'd just have a nice night. Yeah. It's like it's unheard of now. Yeah. Um, absolutely unheard of. They're going in the gym. They're getting the the correct protein. They're getting the yeah. correct carbs so they can sleep better. But their energy levels are higher the next morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so the community side of it is definitely different than it was. Yeah. And I think that was the part of it that I really loved about playing on tour. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because you've got to make the distinction. What are you there for? Are yeah. you there to, have, to, to make as much money or to win as many tournaments? Or are you there to enjoy your life? And yeah. I think maybe that can probably, I think there'll be definitely some golfers who'll get to, and we talk about this a lot now, I, I believe that the golfers when they get to 30 will burn out I, because yeah. of the intensity they put into it, maybe even how, how hard they work their bodies, and maybe even the fact that they've won enough money. 
they get to a point now where they go, hang on a bit, I've won 10 million, 15 million. Yeah. You know, I'm only I'm only a hundred million behind Dyson, and, and you know I feel that I feel <laughs> that <80s. laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I feel that I, there's nothing left for me to really achieve, and I've got a young family now, and I, and, and they, they feel tired of what they've done because they've worked so hard so quick, and we all remember the the the, the famous Curtis Strange and Tiger Woods interview, where is you know you'll, you'll learn, learn, but it was a <laughs> great one, but yeah. but it was you know that was kind of the way, wasn't it? It was a slower progress to get. To uh, the, the the top of golf, yeah. but now they're coming in fast and hard. Look well, at Matt look Wolf, Wolf winning. Exactly. Cameron Champ won after two yeah. events as well. But are these guys going to be the same when they get to thirty? They're multi multi millionaires. They've just started a young family, and they're going. Hang on a bit. Do I really need to do this? My body's aching a bit more now. So it's, it's an I interesting think, time. And I think, like you said, having fun, or is it successful and earn a lot of money? A lot of them are blindsided by that. Yeah. Yeah. By the the there's so much money in the game now. The perceived, the perceived success. Exactly. And and it's perceived that you, if you're having success and you earn a lot of money, you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. But you might not be, yeah. of course. You might not be. Yeah, whereas yeah. we really enjoyed ourselves. I mean, we used to, January, we'd pack our suitcase and we'd leave for 10 weeks yeah. and not come home. And we'd, South Africa, Australia, stay in Australia for a week, uh, go to Singapore, Malaysia, yeah. Dubai, Qatar. That was our ten week stint, but we used to look forward to it every yeah. day. Now, now you get lads going. Well, I'm not going to play South Africa or the second one in SA because you know I've, I, it's not much money. So I'm going to come back home. Blah blah blah. Mm. We just went because we that's what we wanted to do and we yeah, enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. And there was like five or six of us, and and that was it. Yeah, and we I loved it. I suppose it was nice that that all you guys was you know if you're going out there enjoying yourself, it was almost like a level playing field. Yeah, you know, you know the guys weren't you know massively working out hard in the gym, so it's like well, actually we're all we're all doing the similar sort of thing. Yeah, just let the golf do the talking. And until Tiger kind of stepped it up a <coughs> a couple of notches, oh. you know the the gym part of it. Yeah, you just did it to try and feel a bit healthier. Yeah, mm. you know six nights on the booze does it for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and do you see? Do you see very much? Absolutely. Do you see now very much the future of golf is these guys coming out of American colleges or coming out of Europe or Asia even, being these, you know, very powerful athletes who are ready to win straight away. What, what's, what's your take on it? Yeah, I, I believe I believe it's like that. I mean, it's almost like conveyor beltish, isn't it? You yeah. know, the, I mean, unlike Wolf, obviously, but I'm thinking more. Um, physical attributes and mentality it's more of that you know they all come out and the first tournament they believe they can win yeah, yeah. from from the word go as soon as they come out the gates they believe they can yeah. win and I think unless you've got that you're really gonna fall behind because yeah, yeah. A, there's a lot of guys coming out like that yeah. now as if we've you, seen if you, if you think about that as well with Wolf and Cameron Champ what does that then do to the guy the other guys below them yeah about their beliefs their they're belief, coming yeah. up and going well if they can do it why can't I? And like yeah, you say, it's that, it's that mindset of going, well, if I get on tour, I can win just like those guys. So they are going to come through ready-made because they're men mentally they're a lot stronger than maybe in previous years. Well, you're going to have to think like that. Otherwise, you're not going to do anything. Exactly. Good, yeah, are you? Yeah, of so that's, that has got to be your new, your new thought process. Yeah. You know, I am, I am good enough. And tell yourself every day. You know, write down your gratitude, write gratitude. Tell yourself every day you are good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? Before you know it, you'll you will be, and yeah. you'll believe it. 
kind of shows you what Tiger did really when he came oh. onto the scene, didn't he? You know, straight away he's he's feeling that he can win. And then, you know, he won three US amateurs in a row, so he's like going, well, why can't I not win? You know, he's he's trained himself and golfers you know now young golfers will see that and think well I, I this is what i need to do look at what tiger did look at what these younger players are doing now but kind of goes on to a good question that we like to ask a lot of people for you personally what advice would you give yourself sorry give to yourself as a 20 year old so going back to a 20 year old you're just starting on tour what advice would you give yourself would you do anything oh different? yeah i would i would i would um you do not like putting on the third, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For starters, I would say just constantly learn from not better, but more successful people. Yeah. I wish I'd gone from day one and gone, right, I'm going to have a practice round with him. Yeah. I'm going to start surrounding myself with those type of people. Yeah. Um, you, can still, you can still do the enjoyment part off the course. You know, you can still hang out with your mates yeah. and still do that. Um, just keep learning. I think you can never learn too much. Mm. And just surround yourself with as good a team as you can. Yeah. Really get the best for you. I mean, f your your circle and your circle yeah. might look very different to mine. Of course. Um, I, I mean, I did it, but just try and enjoy it as well. Mm. Because I turned pro, what, 20 years ago, and it has gone like that. Wow. And it is really frightening how quick it goes. So, And I know everybody says it, they say it on your wedding day, mm -hmm. oh, enjoy today because it goes so fast, but oh, it really does go fast. And you really do have to try and enjoy yeah. it. It can't just be a battle all the time. And you've, you're trying to get there. You've got to enjoy the good bits because there's... There's plenty of hard bits, yeah, there's plenty of hard times. So really, even if you birdie the last to finish ninth, enjoy it. Mm. You've done something good. Yeah. And enjoy the enjoy the good bits. Yeah. It's interesting good, good yeah. advice. Absolutely. So let's move on a little bit now to just what where you are at now. So you're obviously you're not on tour anymore, but you are playing a few events, but now you're into the coaching. So just talk a little bit about sort of what made you want to go down that route, and, and sort of uh, what your sort of what your week looks like now compared to what it used to? Yeah, very different, very different. It's um, You've got time now to see people well, in your family. Exactly, and sleeping a lot more um, <laughs> in in the be in the bed instead of a hotel yeah. bed, you know. So, um, I think my take on it is, I, I like I almost want to feel a bit more like a mentor, you know, like Pete was to me. I knew how important that was. Somebody who'd been there and done it, he's seen the best players, he's coached the best players. I've, I'm not saying I've been there and done it, but I've played at a good standard for a long, long time. time yeah. I got taught by one of, if not the best coach in the world. I've played with some of the best players in the world, by Tiger, he was the only one I never got the chance to play with, which was a shame. Not yet. Yeah, not yet, You exactly. might have played with KLM this year. Seniors, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Seniors with him. Um, but almost the mentor figure. The one thing I always thought I lacked was when I came off came off a course and I just wanted somebody to talk to. Yeah. And maybe even and Pete was there a lot of the time, but he was not there a lot of the time yeah. as well. So sometimes you'd walk off and you'd think, God, I'd love to just have somebody to sit down with. 
oh, I feel like this part of my game wasn't that great. So that's kind of what I'd love to do. Watch them play on the course, get them off the course, go, right, what, what do you think you did well there? What do you think you did poor? Get them to get their, get the, give their perspective of it. Yeah. And then go, right, let's go and have a coffee, have a chat about it, and then go and maybe even help them with the game. That's, the, that's what I would love to do now and almost pass on my experience. Um, and then the last few years I've been away and done my fitness side of golf, did my TPI, done my NASM, level three, level four golf fitness. And I think the, that's the bit that surprised me the most, the getting people in, giving them the, uh, the golf screen, warming them up, giving them the full potential. Yeah you know, inc improving their limitations mm. and then getting them on the range and seeing how they hit it. Yeah. And it, it even surprises them. They're like, they'll get on the range and go, oh my word, I don't yeah. think I've felt this good for a long time. Mm. And then they start hitting it better straight away. And you haven't even done anything. So that side of it as well, just everything that it takes to be. An elite a, performer, I suppose. An elite, yeah, a complete golfer, yeah. I would say, because the fitness, the psychology, you know, the on-course management, the everything, everything. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I give somebody um, a chance to come in and kind of see what it takes, yeah. see what it takes. It's great, it's great to hear listening to you talk about this because you do talk about it with a lot of passion. And I think this is something I was going to ask earlier but didn't get the opportunity that you, you, you sound like you've filled your life with something to do after tournament golf. Not to say yeah. you're not going to play tournament golf now, yeah. And I think we've speak, we were speaking earlier about certain people like Nick Doty. Now look what he's done. He's Brilliant. filled his life with something. And Fantastic. But there'll be a lot of guys out there and girls who when they finish playing tournament golf, they actually didn't think about what was the next phase of their life. And that's, I think, you've kind of developed that phase in your mind because of the fact you were always learning. You were always trying to better yourself. Yeah. So that made you understand, well, this is the next logical step for me. Yeah, and it, I've always loved the fitness side of it. I've worked with my my uh, my pal back in uh, Manchester, James Thompson. I was with him for years, um, and I always really enjoyed training. And I thought I did my um, I did something to my tendon in my wrist, mm. so I snapped the sub sheath that holds it all in place. So I had an operation. Tried to play through it, couldn't. Had an operation, so I had all of a sudden I had nine months to kill. Okay. So when it was when it had healed a bit more. That's when I started to think about it. That was back in 2015. Um, so I had a good few years to think about it. And I thought, right, you know, I'm gonna have to really start looking at life after yeah, after yeah. playing. Yeah. What do I wanna do? Straight away was the fitness side. Right, let's go and get my TPI. Let's go and get do my NASM. And then I played a few more years and I, and I didn't come back the same player. I, I couldn't hit the shots that I used to be able to hit. And then the last year on the Challenge Tour was the thing that really got me thinking, right, there's a lot of great players here. Why they're not performing? Mm. Why they're not achieving what they should be achieving? Just watching the way they got around the golf course, making silly errors when yeah. you don't need to make silly errors. You, I mean, you'd see guys going to drive 350 yard par fours mm. without a bounds right, water left, and you're thinking, What are you doing? Yeah. And you want to say to them, Are you not very yeah, good yeah. from 120 yards? Yeah, yeah. And they go, Yeah, well, yeah, I'm really good. Well, why don't you leave yourself 120 mm. yards? 
instead of making doubles, trying to make a birdie. Yeah. All of a sudden, they leave themselves 120 yards, knock it onto six foot and hole it. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, stress-free golf. Isn't you know, it good that you've seen the opportunity though by doing that? For sure. Yeah, and, and it was great that I played on the Challenge Tour. You, you know, you see, again, guys who just want to get to that next level. Yeah. And that's kind of how I want to help, help, um, help players who come to see me. They, they might be four handicaps who want to get to scratch, or they might be scratch handicappers who want to turn pro, or YOLO pro want to get to Challenge Tour, Challenge Tour want to get to Maine. You know, I feel like I can help them yeah. because they're, They'll walk off a golf course and they will ex they will experience something on that golf course that I have never experienced. Yeah, I'm I'm sh I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There might be there might be a few things, but I could always give advice and you know hopefully help them get sure that next could. level. I'm sure, you could. I think it's interesting that like the majority of maybe listeners to this. <laughs> A lot of them go back to technique all the time. It's like, okay, I've had a bad game today. I better get to the range and work up my technique. And they don't necessarily think, well, okay, what were the decisions that I made today on the course that were wrong? They just think about the bad shots that they hit yeah. and think it's a, a technical yeah. issue. Whereas, mm. like you say, you've got the experience that you've been out there. You've played at the, the best level in the world. And you have that now to offer these guys. And something that we always really enjoy doing is getting our students out on the golf course because yeah. it's totally different seeing it on the driving range because now you're starting to look at what the decisions that they make, the routines that they have, how they react to bad shots, you know, the club selection, and all these other areas can make a huge difference. And I think the, the viewers and the listeners to this could massively benefit from, from going out on the golf course with a coach like yourself or, or like mm -hmm. us to, to really get a good look at their game rather than just look at my swing, because we know it's just so more, much I, more than I that. couldn't agree more. It's like, I like the one where you know, you you see how they play a certain hole, and you, you you just say to them, you know, what was you thinking playing that hole? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to hit drive as far down there as I could. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but you know, look where the pin is. If you're in the rough, you're never going to get to that pin because it's tucked right behind that right and bunk. Oh yeah, I never saw that. Mm. And then right, well, so what would you do differently now? Well, I'd make sure I hit the fairway. Right, what would you hit with? What would you hit it with? Well, probably just hit a three or four line go on then hit a three or four line hit the fairway right you can you can go just left of that pin but you can also go at it if you want now yeah. and it's just making the game a lot easier trying to make it easier for them and um, um, stress free but yeah stress free, what, stress wouldn't free. that be nice <laughs> but isn't it amazing when I always I always tell this story to do with my brother he played at, uh, he's a member at Fulford and we played the 13th hole and it's a t tough hole, it's 450 yards into the corner. And he just, he says, oh, I always make double on this hole. So I said, well, how'd you play it? So I hit drive and hit it left of them bunkers. He sees so 450 he, and straight away goes, it's a driver. Yeah. As opposed to. So I said, I'll tell you what, right, just play it how I want you to play it. I said, you see the right hand bunker that you try and hit left? I went, you're not going to reach it with three wood. Just hit three wood at it. And he plays off scratch, so he's a good player. So he hit three wood straight at it, finished 10 yards short of it. So then he's like, oh, I've got a tough second shot now though. So I said, well, right, forget the green. I said, just put it five, six yards short of the green. I said, look how wide it is, five or six yards short of that green. So he hit rescue, five yards short. And then straight forward, chip up the green, four foot, hold it for four. And he was like, I'd never think to play that hole like yeah. that in my life. I went, but you wouldn't because you, it's almost, 
you're probably thinking it's a negative way exactly. to play yeah, that of course, hole. Yeah. I said, but you're taking the six out of the equation yeah. straight away. But if you're saying you always get six there, then anything can be better than that, can't it? So you but you stand on the tee and you think, yeah. oh, I hope I don't make six. Yeah, exactly. So it is, it is. I think it's crazy how, how a lot of golfers, you mentioned the negative, they think, they think strategic is negative, <laughs> yeah. don't they? Yeah, Basically, yeah. it's like they look at it and think, well, if I iron down here, that's negative. Well, actually, yeah. no, you, you're just putting yourself and giving yourself the best opportunity. Yeah, and, they, and he's, he's the best, as good at that, is uh, Spieth. Yeah. I think Spieth's yeah. brilliant at that. Tremendous. Plots his way around, doesn't change the way he's going to play it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, I mean, he's, I think he, uh, he's a great player to, to learn from somebody like Jordan. Yeah, mental strength is, uh, is a grinder, isn't he? Huge, indeed. Huge he for him, is. yeah. Perfect. I think we've got one more question, maybe. Maybe, maybe a quote as well, potentially, if we can yeah. get a quote. But one thing we ask a lot of people is, who's your ultimate golfer? So basically, someone you'd pick for driving, okay. someone you'd pick for irons, someone you'd pick for short game, and someone for putting. And let's throw in strategy as well, being as though we just spoke about Right, so strategy yeah. straight away, I'd go for Jordan. Jordan Speed straight away. Jordan Speed straight away. Driving. Anything can be someone you've played with or someone you know. Okay. Um, driving, I think I'd have to go for McElroy. Yeah. I think That's when he's right. on. It was between him and DJ. I love, I love how DJ drives the ball, but for me, McElroy, when he's on, yeah, he just tears yeah, courses. It's a apart. beautiful flight, isn't it? As well? Oh, I was watching him on the range the other day. It was brilliant to watch. Yeah. Um I am play. I'm gonna go for Stevie Gallagher. Yeah, unbelievable good. iron player. The way he flights it. Yeah. You know, I was getting those chips coming in low. Yeah. I mean, that's how he hits all his irons. Really? You, you could watch him at a shot and you think, has he hit a six iron there? It's probably like just a compressed nine iron. Yeah, really. Yeah. Just fantastic iron player. Uh, wedge play, DJ. Really, go yeah. with Dustin. Yeah. You know, there's there's your prime example. You work yeah. hard at something, you get yeah. the benefits of it. He Absolutely. has worked so hard at that. Yeah. Short game. Mickelson. Mm. Big Phil. Genius. Yeah, he is. Genius. He is. Seen him at shots that you you think. <laughs> Not many people can hit those. He'll, he'll yeah. do well to get he doing to there? ten <laughs> foot and he and he lips out. Yeah. And, you know, it's between him and Seve anyway, yeah. definitely. Between him and Seve, but I'd go for Phil. Um, putting, I'm going to go with somebody I've played with just with how gutsy he is with crucial putts and uh, it's Paltz. Yeah. Or I Pretty mean, good, isn't pff, when it matters, mm. he doesn't miss. Yeah. And I know they all matter, but that one at the Ryder Cup at Medina, 18 to get the win. Yeah. I don't know another person on the, maybe Woods. Yeah. Who would hold that putt? Um, is there any others? Any other? That's good. That's, that's good. good. That's you, a pretty good golfer. Go, not a bad golfer. A decent, decent guy, yeah. isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> decent guy. Superb. Okay. Yes. So yes. Yeah, so we normally finish on a quote. Do you have any quotes that you any fa any sort of favourite quotes that you like that you live by the, or that the the one that it's maybe not it's not even anything to do with golf. There's a there's a couple of quotes. And they're both about being a nice person. The first one is, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Mm -hmm. My dad's friend told me that when I was about 10 years old, and I live by it. Yeah. 
and it, it's, it's good right. one. yeah and the other one is to do with golf that pete cowan once told me uh, it's about being nice as well be nice to the people on the way up because you'll meet them on the way down yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're the two that i that i love and i've often thought like i'd rather be a nice person than yeah. you know than successful yeah brilliant and you are as a, as a result you are successful well i believe thank you and you've done very well thank you thank you so much for your thanks time thanks for your time yeah. i really enjoyed it yeah thank you so much you hope you guys much. have enjoyed pleasure. it and make sure you listen out sorry watch out for the youtube video and the me and my golf weekly coming soon cheers mm. cheers so we hope you enjoyed the podcast and it provided some value to you now if it did then please share it with a friend if there's somebody out there who you think this will help then please share it with them our mission at me and my golf is to help as many golfers as we can now one of the questions that we get asked all the time is how can we get online coaching from YouTube? Well, we built an amazing platform that basically encompasses our coaching philosophy. So what we believe as, as coaches is that we're all unique, we're all different. So what we built is a platform that enables you to find exactly what works for you. We've got several coaching plans on there that where me and Pierce actually coach you week by week, telling you exactly what to practice and really helps you understand your game and reach your goals a little bit easier and there's a shot fixer section on there which really helps you pinpoint some of the faults that you're doing along with an extensive video library with loads of videos and also some articles on there to help your game so it really is a an amazing platform where you can learn find out about your game and really enjoy and be a part of a community where already thousands of people are enjoying it and seeing the results as well so if you want to take a look and it feels right for you, then head over to meandmygolf.com. You can actually have a seven-day free trial to check it out. We know you're going to love it. We're on there every day speaking to our members. So head over there now, and we'll see you on the next podcast.